0: Hey guys, welcome to podcast episode number 26 on the podcast, Positive Impact with Andrew Schultz. I am your host, Andrew Schultz, and today we have a very, very special guest, my dear friend Dana Demara. Dana is a master teacher, and ex- excuse the long bio, but she's kind of a b- big deal, so just bear with us. Dana is a master teacher and healer with Shaman Roots. She began her yoga journey almost 20 years ago, which has included working with prenatal women and new mothers, owning a successful yoga studio in the Northwest, writing and running Embodied Truth Yoga School, creating Youth and Girls Elevate, which is a yoga program for middle and high school adolescents, facilitate, facilitating moon circles, which I've been to one of and I love, um, and leading workshops, trainings, and retreats around the world. As a spiritual ninja, walking this mystic path with practical shoes, which I love, Dana is a mother, author, coach, teacher of teachers, speaker, and servant of the heart. She exudes a balance between the mystic realms and realities of motherhood. Wow. Dana, welcome.
1: She sounds pretty cool. (laughs)
0: Yeah, she is. Kind of a big deal. I can't believe she's in my presence right now. (laughs) How are you?
1: I'm well. Yeah, I'm well. I'm happy to be
0: here with you. Good. Uh, so, uh, we're in Cardiff, California. Um, and Dana, she came over to do the podcast. And, full disclosure, when you know, she's somebody I really, re- you, you are somebody I really respect and admire. And I expected you, I think, to be levitating when you showed up in like <laughs> on Magic Carpet. And you showed up in your Prius and it was pretty beat up and looked like it was on bumper cars. <laughs> And I couldn't, it was such a great start to our interaction today. Just seeing your Prius, how beat up it was.
1: It's not that bad.
0: And you said that was part of the living in San Francisco. And it just, uh, it just, um, it was, it was a great introduction to the day. And I'm just grateful that you're here with us. You have so much wisdom to expound that, um, to be honest, this is the interview that I didn't really know where to take it, and I'm just trusting, as we talked about before we started. I'm gonna just trust that the universe is gonna lead us to where it needs to go, and people will hear what they need to hear. Awesome,
1: that sounds great.
0: So, um, one of the things that drew has drawn me to you is your your um, knowledge of astrology, and I read a book uh, a couple months ago. It was called Quantum Light. How to Calm the Chaos by Phyllis Kirk. And in the book, she talks about, she starts the book by saying basically how a cold rock 500,000 miles away controls three quarters of the earth's surface with the tides and the ocean, and we are 80% water. And so right away, that was my curiosity that kind of drew me towards this astrology subject. So I really want to focus on this starting out and just kind of, can you help people understand why should people care about astrology? Why is it important?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question because I get a lot of people who don't believe in astrology. And so I feel like um, for me, when I just look at the ocean and I watch the ocean, I remember that the moon is making the waves and the moon makes the tides. And so if we think that everything that we're experiencing in the minutiae of our life and our day to day is really what's controlling us. Um, it's not. And so to remember that we're part of uh, something so much bigger
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then we don't get so caught up. And so when I feel, I always say this in class when I feel like, um, my life, like I'm having struggles or whatever. Um, I tend to look up, And that's where I feel more grounded as opposed to grounding into the earth. Mm. I I personally feel more grounded understanding that I'm part of something so much bigger. You know, and I also feel like for me personally, if I don't understand it, like if there's something that I can't really put my finger on, that makes me feel um, more comfortable because there's something bigger than us Mm. always directing us. And, um, I, I just, for me, that's much more powerful than any kind of spreadsheet or strategizing meeting I could have with someone, mm, you know, that there's absolutely. something bigger that I don't really understand and I don't have any control over. So I can kind of sit with that.
0: And, you know, there's more stars in the universe than there are Grains of sand in all the beaches in all the world.
1: I think you told me that before.
0: And so for to hear you talk about, you know, so much bigger than us, like for me, my problems are so minute hmm. and in pale in comparison to the big picture. And I think that's what has drawn me to you just to understand more about that.
1: Yeah, I think that. I don't even really think that our problems are problems anymore. I, I was listening to Adi Shanti. I've been listening to Adishanti for a while and i am revisiting him and he talks a lot about how um you know our our problems are our problems are actually our are what we're supposed to be learning in this vast universe. And once we really realize that a problem isn't a problem, it's actually something that's elevating our soul, then uh, we begin to almost laugh at life and mm. go, oh yeah, of course that's happening because I meant to learn this. Or maybe I don't know what I'm supposed to be learning, but somehow this is elevating my soul and allowing me to find, um, and not find, it's allowing me to understand love more. Mm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, when I when I hear you spew off these uh <laughs> these um, statistics like I don't know those statistics I, I don't know those statistics
0: mm.
1: I've never worked in statistics mm. I was good at it mm. when I used to work in banking and finance
0: um,
1: but that never sat well with me I always knew that there was something bigger so for me I operate and can understand the unseen better than the statistics of how many stars there are and just know that I'm a part of that.
0: Okay. So we we might have to back up real quick. Banking and finance. You used to work in banking and finance. Yeah. Really?
1: Yeah. So when I graduated high school, I, in, in 1986, I, I went to college a year or two years later and I failed out of college because I didn't want to go to college. <laughs> and so I just failed and not because I wasn't smart, but because I just didn't want to go. Mm-hmm. And um and then I uh did a couple things in my life and then I went back to college and got a job in banking and finance and data communications before computers. Let me just put that out there. Whoa. Okay. All
0: the young people listening are like, what?
1: <laughs> what?
0: There was such thing? There was
1: such a thing. And I learned how to do spreadsheets on ledgers and paper and pen and um so I was an accountant for a while
0: wow. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So I, I, you know, I get all of that. Mm. I get all of that. And I also think that there's something to all of that. There's mm. an importance because when mystics like myself try to say, but there's this whole other world, you know, people in the real world, the scientists are like, well, will prove it. And I'm like, I can't prove it. I just know. And so now what I find so awesome is that science is finally catching up with what mystics have known Mm. forever and so the two worlds in my opinion are starting to merge which is awesome it's just going to create so much more um so much more validation Mm. for this whole astrology and all the other things that that numerology and all that
0: okay so let's break it down there so there's Three signs, right? There's a sun, there's a moon, and an ascendant. Correct? Correct. Okay, so how do people know, how can they find out first what they are?
1: Okay, so it's really simple. And you can call an astrologist and pay someone, or you can go online and look it up yourself. Okay. You need to have your uh, birthday, Mm -hmm. your birth time, and your birth city. Okay. You have to have all those things. And then you chart it. And then the program will give you a a printout of what those signs are. And it'll also tell you what other planetary aspects were happening at the time of your birth. So let me just say that when somebody says, what's your sign? And you're like, you know, I'm Capricorn. That's 90% of people think they're only a sun sign. So they identify with whatever their sun sign is right? Yes. Everybody knows their sun sign. No one understands that they have, not a lot of people understand that they have a moon sign and an ascendant. So you have those three signs. Those three signs make up a blueprint. I like to call it your blueprint of who you are and how you function. Okay. But beyond that, even there's a snapshot of the second you were born. And depending upon where all the other planets were, all the planetary aspects that also makes up who you are and the trajectory of how your life could go. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So when people say, "Will you read my chart?" I want to know. <clears throat> I want to know uh, what's going to happen to me four years from now. I say I don't read charts that way, because I feel like it's a blueprint of the essence of who you are. Mm. But I also feel like because we are a speck of dust, we're standing on a spinning ball of energy flying through one universe. You know, I don't think any of us know what could happen. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. And I have another statistic for you. Oh, boy. Yeah. So um, to your point. So we are spinning at 1,037 miles per hour while orbiting a massive star that is going at another 67,000 miles per hour. And that star is part of a larger galaxy, the Milky Way, which is also moving at a brisk 1.3 million miles per hour.
1: Stop the madness. See, We're, I don't know those things. I'm
0: validating. What, I'm just, <laughs> I am just. I got your back. I, I got your back. You throw it out. I'm like, here are the stats to show that she's on the money. Thank you. <laughs> So the illusion I need
1: someone like you in my life. Yes, that's why'm
0: I'm, I'm supporting you. <laughs> you. So this idea when I read something like that, the idea, and I'm trying to tie this into my yoga classes, the themes, the intentions, the idea of the illusion of control totally. with, with,
1: We have zero control. But Byron Katie says, <clears throat> I don't know if you know Byron yeah. Katie. Byron yeah. Katie says that um, the only thing we have discipline over, is our reaction. And I 1000% believe that, Mm. you know, we, we have control over nothing. And, and uh, no matter what your chart says, no matter what your ancestry says, no matter when your Saturn return is and all these other things, we have mastery over our reaction. And our reaction is what creates the trajectory of what happens in our life next because in any moment in time, our, our reaction, our choice, our words, our thoughts, our actions, create the next thing.
0: Absolutely, so would you agree with this, that it's not the things that happen in life that matter, it's how we A, a respond or B, react, which determine the outcome?
1: Absolutely, okay. and so if we continue, I say this in class a lot too, If we continue to respond or react from a place of patterning, which is what our brain does, Mm -hmm. right? So if we continue that, we're going to be in what I call the loop, where we're looping, looping, looping. And we're like, why is this always happening to me? The same men, women relationships. (laughs) Well, it's because you're reacting the same way. You're not. Based on
0: on our life experiences, conditioning. Yep. Okay, so that being a great segue into pattern interruption, would yep. that be something that you would recommend to people to break old cycles to establish new ways of living?
1: Absolutely, and I don't think that you can do it alone. I can't even do it alone. Like I have to have either coaches or friends no. or you know people like you in my life who get the bigger picture and people who can kind of call you out and go, "Hey, it seems like you're kind of like in a pattern." <laughs> What's the loop
0: going on for you? You (laughs) I noticed your loop that you're in right now.
1: What's the loop, dude? you want (laughs) to get out? You know, or you want to keep looping? And, and there are some times when you're like, you know what? I want to keep looping. Leave me alone. And then there are other times when you have to ask yourself, is that supportive and how astrology plays into it for me, how, why I started uh, really understanding and finding the power in this is when I started following the moon And when I started to understand that the moon not only makes the waves, but it, it um, creates a, um, a, I don't want to say a pattern, but it creates a a outline for uh, uh, how we, how we can move through life. Um, Let me try to explain that better. Um, So we move with the moon. Okay. And, Uh, I started following the moon when I started understanding this relationship between, and bear with me for a second. This was after my accounting life, right? When I started understanding um, divine divine feminine and sacred masculine Shiva Shakti. Mm -hmm. And then I started realizing, oh my gosh, there's all this masculine energy on the planet right now. And I feel like it would help us if we, could fall into our Shakti a little bit. And then I realized, oh my gosh, Shakti is the moon. And then I said, I'm going to start following the moon. And then I started following all the other aspects of it. And when I did that, my life started unfolding in a way that was more in alignment. And I felt like I was being ushered through life as opposed to fighting through life. Does that make sense? Yep.
0: So Shakti, moon, feminine energy, Mm -hmm. and then the sun is Masculine Shiva, Shiva energy, mm-hmm. just so everybody f- very, mm-hmm. that makes sense.
1: And we have that balance. So this is how I tie it into yoga. Okay. We have that inherent with all of us. Like we are Shiva Shakti. We are feminine, masculine. We are yin yang. We are all of mm-hmm. that. And we, wh- whatever imbalance we are experiencing outside of ourselves, whatever problem we think we have it's actually a problem. Uh, it's actually an imbalance, not a problem. It's an imbalance within our own self, and it's our job to find that imbalance, locate it, and bring restore that balance within ourself, and then we will start to experience balance in our life. Mm. But we have that with inherent with, within all of us in the
0: Hatha Yoga.
1: Hatha Sun Moon. Sanmu.
0: And so throughout our yoga practice, we have that balance and that's the essence of yoga, right? Mm-hmm.
1: So people come to yoga. Uh, BKS Iyengar says this, he says, you know, you Americans, you Westerners, he says, comes to yoga, come to yoga because you've injured yourself or you're experiencing some sort of illness. And you come for the physical asana, but the physical asana is only one eighth of the practice. Mm-hmm. One eighth. It's so small.
0: The eight limbs, the asana being one of the eight.
1: One of the eight. And so when we come to that deeper understanding of who we are, we understand that we function with the sun and the moon. Mm. We're moving with the moon. You know, back in the day, back in the old days, before my time, (laughs) um, you know, women cycled at the same time. So women menstruated all at the same time because they were all in tune with the moon, mm. right? Mm. And only now that we experience all this imbalance. I mean, I could just go for days and mm. how we're trying to force things to happen from that masculine energy. Not men, not women. The, the masculine energy brings us out of balance and out of the moon.
0: Mm. Got it.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> And so, what do you? With that being said, how can people get more in balance? Um, what What are some things that practically that people can do?
1: Well, I feel like it's different for everyone.
0: Okay,
1: I feel like it's different for everyone because it depends on where you are. So, for me personally, I look at someone's, um, you know, I might look at their chart, or I might look at the way we function in the world. Like for me, um, you know, I was raised to. Push forward, go for what you want, do your thing, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 go, go, go. Yep. Excuse me. That's very masculine. So for me to bring balance back into my life, I had to learn how to sit and receive and relax mm. and allow. So that brings me balance. Now as a single mom, that's challenging because I'm the, I'm the everything. mm so how do you, how do I find balance in that aligning with my stars and my moon and my everything else and like get kids where they need to go? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I feel like when you know where your imbalances are personally, then you can start to bring it back into balance for yourself.
0: Got it. And I'm just kind of, when I'm laughing, hearing you talk about that, it's, Recently, I've created more space in my life to allow for the focus to be on things that I'm passionate about, not just do, 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 but to be, be, be. And it's so, un- it's, it's still uncomfortable to just be because my dad, growing up, sacrifice, hard work, uh, determination, grit, you know, four hours of sleep, get the job done, bootstrap. And so that was mirrored to me growing up and like, this is the first time in my life where it's like, okay, less is more. And to allow guidance on what the next things are and to not fill the schedule up with just doing mm-hmm. And that's why like, I can so relate. And I think that's why we're, we get each other, you know, mm-hmm. but it's just like to be versus do yeah. like what a concept.
1: Yeah. Well, we can't, we're not controlling the stars and the moon. We're, we're not going, okay, you over here. you overhear, <laughs> I've and tried. It doesn't work. <laughs> I'd like you to go over here. Like, we well, you're not doing that. The,
0: the orchestrator, I tried. It didn't work too well.
1: <laughs> no. So we have to allow, and then we can just allow it to happen. And when we re member that we're part of that, then we can kind of just sit with it for a moment.
0: Re like that? member. That's a, I'm writing it down.
1: You like that? Re
0: member. Just
1: credit me for that when you use it. That I will.
0: Way. This will be in the show notes.
1: Because think about it like, member, re- it's your mem, like your members, your right, re member, you bring it back together.
0: Remember.
1: You're remembering yeah. yourself. You're bringing yourself back to remembrance of who you are. We're just a speck of dust. Yes. You know what I think of? This is how I think of astrology. Did you ever see that program? It's a Disney mo- or Pixar, When Horton Hears a Who? No. Okay, you have to watch it when Horton hears a who. Okay. Okay, so he is, Horton is the big elephant. Okay. And he finds this alternative life on a flower, on like a dandelion. And there's all the little who's living on this dandelion. And he's trying to keep this dandelion together. But he can't find them because they're in this big sea. And we're that small. We're so small in with regard to... Mm to the whole universe. Mm -hmm. But but he's trying to find them in this field of dandelions and they all have to use their little megaphones and they all go, we are here, we are here, we are here, we are here. And they have to all use their voices to be able to be heard. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? I do. And so I feel like that energy of making sure that we understand that we're so small, but our thoughts and our words and our actions and our ability to come together as a community is so important.
0: You just, yeah, use our voices to be heard. So right when you said that, it's like, okay, aha moment. What I've been thinking about lately is we are all uniquely qualified to speak and share our truth Mm -hmm. and everybody's truth is their own. And Um, unique to them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think I was on a podcast last week about, I don't, I'm not a cancer survivor, so I can't speak about being a cancer survivor. I am in recovery and I've been sober four years and I can speak authentically um, to being in recovery and what that journey has been for me Um, and encouraging people to share their story. Everybody's story matters to use our voices use our breath in yoga class, use our voice outside the studio to be heard and share our truth. um, Because we have a responsibility And Sean corn, who you and I both adore Mm -hmm. would say, how dare we not?
1: Yes. That is my favorite quote by her. I'll never forget the time I was in class with her in humble warrior. And she's all stay in that pose. And I was like, Oh my God, this hurts. And she's like, almost screaming at us and Esalen, like how dare you have this massive gift and not freaking use it. And I remember pouring tears out my face, like just, Oh my gosh, that was some 15 years ago. Wow. And, and it's true. How dare we not use our gift. And, and I want to say something else to my brand, which is Dana DeMara evolution. I also believe that we are always in an evolution mm-hmm of the way we express our gift and the way we share our gift. So uh, 15 years ago uh, when I wrote my first book, no, uh, 13 years ago when I wrote my first book, when I read the book now, I still agree with the principles, but I would explain it differently because the way I explain things have evolved. Does that make sense? Book number
0: one, ohms from the heart.
1: Ohms from the mat was from the mat. Oms from the heart, heart. number two. Okay, but you see what I mean. So we are in con- consistent evolution. We're consistently evolving. Consistently looking at like if we're if we're always looking at life from a certain perspective, but we always see it from the same perspective. Mm. We're not learning. Yeah, we're not evolving. We're looking. At, we're in the loop. Yeah. So the way we the way we uh, function, the way we relate. Uh, the way we do things, the way we are in relationship with each other or with ourselves are constantly evolving. Got it. That makes sense. Absolutely.
0: If if it's not, then that's not a good sign if our perspective is not evolving and changing. Yeah. If we have the same perspective, that means we're stuck in the same story in the same cycle.
1: Yeah. And the planets don't do everything the same every year. So why should we?
0: We should evolve with the planets. And planets are got that it. That makes sense. 100%. It's like a mic drop. <laughs> we need to evolve with the planets.
1: They're always moving. They're in constant motion. The waves are in constant motion. Why would we be stagnant and, and explain the same things and live the same things every single day? Eckhart Tolle said, you know, drive to do something as simple as drive to work a different way. Yep. I like that. Every day. Yep. Do something different every day. Otherwise, you become a robot.
0: Yep. Change and, your and that's
1: what scares me about this phone. Is that I watch these people walking around with phones and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we're becoming robots.
0: And I think back to the ocean, for me, I think, you know, uh, Deepak talks about it a lot. With our breath, we are one wave as part of the bigger ocean, but we're all connected. Mm -hmm. Even though we're separate in an individual wave, we're all going back into the the vast ocean as one. Totally, totally. And for me, if I ever think I – which you know, I'm separate, I'm unique, I'm less than, which is my uh, character default or character defect that I'm working on. Um, just kind of remember going back to the ocean and going to walk on the beach and putting my feet in the water, that serenity. That's why I moved, because I'm from Nebraska and I know you're from the Midwest too. And so you moved in your 20s from the Midwest. I also moved in my 20s from Nebraska and just the serenity of the ocean. It's just like, that's because where you I'm you know at. that I moved? Because I did my research on you. <laughs> yeah,
1: I moved to San Diego when I was 21.
0: Yeah, I was 22.
1: Yeah, And then I moved away from San Diego and now I'm back.
0: Yes, you, you've been in San Diego, Portland, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And you've also traveled a lot of the world. Mm-hmm. And so your life experience is very vast. Mm
1: -hmm. Yep. And I lived on the ocean. I I worked on, I don't know if you know this. Did you know I worked on yachts?
0: I know you traveled literally around the world when you, after you moved to San Diego, but Mm -hmm. explain.
1: I worked on yachts for a long time, for like two and a half years as a stewardess. And I, I, it was after I graduated college with my business degree and I, I left college and, and, and went and worked on yachts. My parents freaked out. They were like, what the hell are you doing? You know, (laughs) you have a degree and you're cleaning toilets, but I was cleaning toilets, you know, traveling the world. Mm. And it was amazing. And one of the most beautiful things for me, I'll never forget it. I was uh, on this yacht headed from Seattle to Cabo San Lucas, and I was on watch sitting in one of the uh, seats and we were watching the radar screen. And we were listening to, cause you had four hour watch. It was like, t- I had like 2 AM to 6 AM with this friend of mine. And we were listening to Pink Floyd on the dark side of the moon. I'll never forget it. And I was watching, we were the one blip on the screen. There were no other boats, nothing around us. And there were like a bazillion stars in the sky and I remember just Mm. sitting on that wave and the boat was just like you know it was like the most beautiful thing ever and I think that was one of the times when I realized like wow I'm really small and yet so important you know I'm one blip
0: Mm. so that experience that did that inspire you to do be doing the work that you've been doing
1: yeah When I graduated college, I left college and literally bought my ticket. I bought a one-way ticket to um, New Zealand and didn't tell my mom that I bought a ticket until after I bought it. Like I wasn't even (laughs) going to tell her that I was thinking about it because she might talk me out of it, Yeah,
0: you know? Mm -hmm.
1: And uh, so I bought my ticket and then I told her and she yelled at me for, I think 15 minutes on the phone. I was 20 something and uh, just, last year i'm 50 just last year she said you know you did it right oh man you did it right
0: 20 years later almost
1: you did it right dana you did the right thing you know so i feel like having that experience too has
0: helped so i want to stick on that subject because being from the midwest i know for speaking for me um A lot of people don't move out of the Midwest, their life, they stay where they're at, you know, in that community, what's comfortable, work for family businesses, which, you know, I had the opportunity to do, but I chose not to. I wanted to create my own path. I was curious. I wanted to know why things are the way they are, learn from new people, experience new things. Um, I think there's a lot of power in living a life that's true and authentic for us and, in being living our truth. You know, like we said earlier, we have, how dare we not share our truth and be authentic to who we were meant to be. And I think there's so much power in blazing that path and trusting that, you know, our purpose is in that truth and it's not easy for us and a lot of people to say, maybe they're, um, disappointing the parents or I know for me for so many years I lived a life that was not true to me and I was living a life that I thought other people wanted me to live Mm -hmm. and it got me to my rock bottom and it got me to where I am today but um I think there's so much power in you just sharing about that about your mom that's just you know 20 years later to get that validation but it's Uh, not easy to do that and for all those years thinking that you're disappointing maybe
1: totally Totally. Well, and then not only that, but I mean, I was also married for 11 years and then got divorced. There was another disappointment. Oh my God, my daughter, not only is she, you know, some kind of gypsy that has all these talents not using them and now she's divorced, you know? Mm. So I feel like for a long time, I did feel like I was disappointing them, Mm. both my parents. And so Um, you know, and they never said your disappointment, Mm. never once, Mm. never, ever. Uh, but still that feeling of like, what am I doing and how am I, am I living my purpose? What's my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing? And I feel like that's part of my mission too, is to, uh, through the experience and the wisdom and the knowledge that I've taken on, you know, I, I can, I I support people with that. Mm. You know and your your purpose evolves just because you're an accountant at one point in your life doesn't mean that that wasn't what you were supposed to be doing in that moment yeah. Great
0: in point. that moment
1: in time that's exactly what you're supposed to be doing.
0: Great point.
1: When 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 things I think when things start to feel like sandpapery and like oh this just doesn't feel good anymore it's a time to look and go, okay, am I in a loop that's uncomfortable? Do I need to make a switch? Where am I supposed to be evolving? And then we move to the next phase. Mm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, this is fun. This is awesome. Like, I really want to. Um, I want to talk about you being a mom. Okay. And then, like with what you just talked about with your parents and your, the relationship, and mm-hmm. you know, the, not disappointing them and being mm-hmm. true to yourself, living your purpose. Talk to me about because you said it earlier before we came on that you're grounding having daughters is your way of being grounded. Yeah. And so do your dog, do you and your daughters have the conversation about, you know, what they want to do when they grow up and do you use the relationship that you have with your parents and how does that work with how you parent your daughters? Wow.
1: That's a really big, that was huge. That's so much right there. That's a whole nother show, but this is what I'll say. First of all, yes, my daughters ground me, but in the deeper sense, they um, they support me in remembering to that I'm here as an earthly person. Like, I'm much more comfortable in the upper realms. I'm much more comfortable out of the ether. But they give me the space to function as um, their mother, which is such a gift, mm. you know? And I also feel like, some t- for me, being a parent is very karmic. I learn so much from them. There's a whole other dimension of my life that I feel so blessed to be able to experience that I wouldn't have if I didn't have them.
0: Explain the karmic part. Oh,
1: I just feel like, oh, they're so... Kids are all about, you know, they choose you. My kids chose me, and they said... We have something to teach you. And I think when we step into our parenting role, not as like, okay, I have these two kids. I have a job to do. I have all these things I need to teach them. And if we back up and we go, okay, this light being just stepped into my world and they have something to teach me.
0: Mm.
1: It's such a much more beautiful experience. It's not perfect. Because we bun heads. They're teenagers. Mm. And I've taught them to be powerful with who they are. They're learning how to navigate, how to do that in a compassionate, loving way. <laughs> but they they just say how they feel as they feel it because they don't know how really how to manage their emotions yet, right? As most people on the planet don't even know. Mm-hmm. How to do. um, so they ground me, yes, but they also, um, they just add this dimension to my life I wouldn't have been able to experience had I not had them or had they not chosen me? Uh, and then what was your other question? Your other question was, um, I forget what other. the question. parenting
0: that y- your parenting oh, approach yes. with how you were parented yes. and how that, what that looks like.
1: I just had a conversation with the client today about this. And, um, I, have uh, with so much gratitude, I'm so grateful for the way I was raised. Mm. Um, I don't speak to my dad anymore. Um, not for any other reason, but just because the relationship has dissolved. And for a long time, I held a lot of angst around that. Mm. And now there's just love Mm. and appreciation. Uh, I see (coughs) so much, I have so much more compassion for my mom. Now that my girls are teenagers, especially. And, uh, I, I call her weekly and say, Oh mm. my God, I'm so sorry that I was so mean, you know,
0: um, you said it to your mom.
1: Yeah. Like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry for anything I ever did as a teenager, you know? <laughs> and there's just so much more compassion and grace for them now. Mm. And at the it's same beautiful. time, I do things very different than they do. Not because I think they did it wrong. Mm-hmm. They didn't do it wrong. They did everything the way that they thought was Right. And I hope my daughters say that about me. Right. So I do things differently in the sense of, um, I, I let them be a little bit more of who they need to be. I give them more. It's kind of like when, when kids are just learning how to walk or crawl and you put the bumper pads on everything so they don't crack their head open. Right. Now the bumper pads are huge. And I'm still holding the space for them, Mm. but it's like big, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, I give them a lot of space to say how they feel, you know, where I think the generation I was raised in, in Detroit was like, kids are seen and not heard. Mm. That was just the way it was big Italian Catholic family, you know, Mm -hmm. now it's like, I think sometimes it bothers my parents when they see my girls and they're like, Oh my God, I can't believe the things that are
0: coming out of their mouth.
1: Well, they're saying how they feel because they have access to all of that on their phone in a second.
0: Yeah. Which we didn't have when we we're kids. No.
1: So we, we were shielded from yeah. things where they're not there. If I'm not explaining things to them, they're looking it up.
0: They'll get answers one way or another.
1: Mm-hmm. So I think it's a really different way of running things now.
0: Got it. Yes. So you're doing a lot of stuff. You are, you're doing yoga teacher training. You're doing advanced yoga teacher training. You're doing yoga retreats. You're doing your evolutionary coaching, energy healing and astrology workshops, moon circles, mom full-time. Um, what's, what's next for you? Like what is, what's next on the radar? Cause we were, before we came on, we were talking about how this is the only way you know how to be is just by doing these things. Right. And so you're going to probably continue to do things. Um, okay. So how do you, how do you define success with all that you're doing? Is there a way that you look and say Mm. like, what's the benchmark or how do you navigate that?
1: How do I know when I'm done? Yeah. Mm. I, first of all, first question was how, what's next. I feel like the way my business is evolving now, if you look at business, if you look at my business, it's I want to support and empower people to get to their next level. Like I don't feel like I need to teach 20 classes a week. Mm -hmm. That does not support me Mm -hmm. at all. And I want to teach in within my with my teaching, my teacher training. I want to teach people how to do that. I want to show them that they don't need to struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, I also feel like everything tight. Ty- when when people look at my business, they go, "Oh my God, you're all over the place!" But that's not true, because everything feeds into the idea of evolution. Mm-hmm. And so I've created these little pods of teachers who teach my teacher training program and teachers who go into the schools and teach my program. And I get to work in the mystical realms mm-hmm. and I get to be a parent and I get to coach people. Got it. Does that make yeah, sense? Absolutely. So it looks like, like when I talk to people, they say, Oh my God, you're so busy. I'm not busy. Busy to me is like a, you know, you pull back the thing for a pinball machine and the ball's like, oh, that's like busy. Yeah. It's, I'm not busy.
0: Yeah. Good point.
1: I'm super focused. I know. It's exactly intentional. It's, I'm very intentional. And Great. I have the, because of the planets and because I know my blueprint, I have the bigger view, mm. but then I can pull it in and know exactly, you know, how to function in that
0: realm. And if you guys want to take Dana's classes, which I highly recommend, she teaches at soul of yoga and yoga six Solana beach. Um, also she has three books we, that we were talking about earlier. Um, the names of the books, Ohms from the mat, Ohms from the heart, and then the new feminine evolutionary. So she's got three books and I'll put all those, uh, references in the show notes. You can see Dana at Dana, or 13 moon mystic. That's the number one, three moon mystic.com in body truth, Dana at Dana, for email. I think you got all the, uh, um, WWWs, I think you get four of them. It's more than I got. I'll tell you that.
1: They all feed into the same website though.
0: Got it. And it's an amazing website. I'm like, I told you, I'm doing my website right now and your website is one of the resources that's really helped me. Mm. And so it's got so much good information on there. So if you guys just check out one of those four, um, you'll see what I'm talking about. So many things, um, to, uh, to learn from just nuggets of wisdom. Um, So I really appreciate all that you're doing. And I just want to acknowledge you for how you show up. I want to acknowledge you for having a positive impact on so many people in communities, not only here, but San Francisco, everywhere you have a presence. Um, And just acknowledge you for the work that you do, the impact you're having. um, And you're somebody I really admire and respect. And I just want to acknowledge you.
1: Well, thank you. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah it's a good time to have, a, you know, just simple conversation and just really support one another. So I want to thank you for, you know, creating a platform to be able to, you know, give people the opportunity to hear other ways of doing things mm-hmm. and other ways of, you know, thinking of things so that they can then take their life and create positive impacts.
0: Absolutely. You know? So um, a couple of questions we're going to end with that i like to, um, to ask. So if you're open for it, Oh, okay. Um, best advice you've ever received.
1: Best advice you've ever, re- ever received. Yep. Um, don't things, don't take things personally.
0: Okay. Um, if you had a, if you had a dinner that you could invite four guests, any, pe- any four people in the history of the world that you could have dinner with, who would you invite in the history yep. of the world? Yep. Like forever, forever. Who would you invite?
1: Well, history of the world. I would invite. Um, I would invite Oprah right now. Okay. Because she's pretty epic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I like her story. I would invite Joan of Arc. I would invite. Um, Wow, that's a really good question. I wish you would have sent these to me earlier. I know, that's why you do it. It's authentic. I know.
0: Just, I didn't send Dana, uh, for those of you listening, I did not send her any questions in preparation because uh, like I do with all my guests, I want this to be authentic and real and vulnerable. And that's the premise of the platform, um, which is why I think people are drawn to listening to something that's not predetermined. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So you have two more. Okay, so Oprah, Joan of Arc. Um, I'm not going to go too far back in history. I think I would like to invite Deepak. Mm. I just find him fascinating to listen to. So do I. Yeah. And uh, Princess Diana.
0: Very... uh eclectic, eclectic group. I like to be a fly on the wall just to hear the conversation. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I really, I still dream about princess Diana. Mm. I just think she was such an icon in our world. There's more. I'm sure if I could think about it, but
0: round two we'll do it. Mm -hmm. All right. uh, Daily spiritual practices, morning routine, nightly routine, um, that people can apply that you do.
1: So if they subscribe to my newsletter at Dana mm-hmm. they get three emails with nine rituals that I send out that I do every day. Okay. Non-negotiable, but I'll give you a little preview. So non-negotiable is meditation and pranayam every day.
0: Uh, how, how, what kind of meditation do you do? Like what's it look like? It
1: just depends on the day. It depends on how much time I have. It depends on what I feel like I need. It depends on... Uh, what's going on in my life? Okay. Non negotiable, whether I have kids running around, whether I have uh, people over, whether I'm traveling. Like I even have a little travel altar that I create, you know? Um,
0: you said pranayama. Yeah. What's that look like?
1: It depends on the day. Sometimes it's alternate nostril breathing. Sometimes it's kundalini breath. Like it just really depends on what I feel like I need. Okay. Um, essential oils. Every day, every day. First
0: thing you do, you, you rub it on.
1: It's it, it, it. I use frankincense. I use lavender. I use there's a whole ritual that I do every single morning, and I don't leave my house till I do it. Like for real, okay? Yeah, um, essential oils at night. Uh, some, Same ones,
0: frankincense. No nope. nope. different,
1: okay? They're different, and that's a whole thing. Like this whole like for me, essential oils is um, medicine. Mm. It's plant medicine. Mm-hmm. And so it's another way to connect with the higher realms, Mm, right? Great point. So depending upon what I need, uh, I'll put in a diffuser or put on my skin or put in my tea or whatever, right? Um, uh, Prayer every day, prayer ritual every day, every single day, asana every day, even if it's just nine sun salutations, just.
0: If you're traveling in a hotel room in the hallway,
1: whatever. Doesn't matter. Move the body. Move body, the body movement. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, uh, you know, really just being in a state of gratitude. So I won't get out of bed. There are times when I, if I wake up late and the, my first thought is like, shit, I'm late. And I start to throw myself out of bed. I get back in bed and I go, hang on. Okay. I'm so grateful for the abundance of this day and all the good things that are coming my way. Mm. And I'm, you know, before I even get out of bed, it's just like non-negotiable have to have to do it. Um, touch the earth every day.
0: You know? I get it. I share that with you. Prayer, meditation, gratitude list. Um, Also in your book, um, Ohms from the mat, I love how you talk about the, I am affirmations. Mm -hmm. That's something I do every day. Um, it's something I verbalize in the car every day. And I go through the alphabet of all the things that I want to affirm. Um, and those, I am statements, whatever follows has so much power. And you write about that in your book and, um, that that there's positive affirmations. I am abundance. I'm acceptance. I'm awareness. I am compassion. I am courage. And I go through the alphabet and I, it's a big part of mine as well. So it's
1: the, I am as are the two most powerful words in the English language. And I think we, I talked about this last week in class. I think that we are so sometimes asleep to even how we're using the words mm. that then we're unconsciously creating our life. Yeah. I have a friend that uh, started a videotape of me and he said, I said in class one day, I said, um, you know, we we say out loud I want to manifest this and I want to manifest that and I want to manifest this. And then when things start to manifest in our life, we think we we're not creating it. We say, well, how did this come about? But what we're forgetting is that we created it mm-hmm. with our, I am statements. Mm-hmm. And, and if it's, if it's here, it's because we're creating it, but we just did it unconsciously.
0: Subconsciously. Yeah. You know? And it's goes back to, um, how dare we not use our voice, but when we use the voice, be for good. And
1: Well, and be for, I don't like to use good or bad, be for consciousness, like be for something that's consciousness and positive and, and influential. Good point. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm bad mouthing somebody, that's not sending a good vibe. That's not sending a vibe that's, that's, that has a positive impact.
0: And that your law of attraction with that low frequency vibe is going to attract more law of attraction of things that you, with don't the low frequency. frequency. Yep. We don't okay. want to be there. And the positive affirmations have the higher frequency. Mm-hmm. And that's the law of attraction. And that goes back to your book number two, where you talk about the power of our tribe in ohms from the heart. And that's why you're here. So thank you. <laughs> all right, guys, you got all the ways of reaching out and, um, Getting uh, Dana's wisdom, uh, I'll put it again in the show notes, all the ways that you can uh, contact her, find her. Uh, she is out and about. She's making a positive impact. So, Dana, again, thank you so much for your time. And we'll do it again soon.
1: Hey, can I suggest something? Absolutely. You know all those websites I have? Yeah. I think an easier way is either Instagram at Dana DeMar Evolution. Okay. Is does everything goes to that.
0: Okay. Or just my website.
1: Just my name. And it's all Dana Damara.com. Dana
0: Instagram at Dana Dana demara Evolution. Dana demara Evolution. Oh
1: yeah.
0: In the show notes, you guys will find it there.
1: So fun. Thank you, friend. Thanks, honey.
0: All right guys. You guys heard it. Episode 26. Thank you for listening. If this had a positive impact in your uh world, in your life, please share it with other people. Um, And I really encourage you guys to reach out to Dana, find her. She's an epic human and doing rad shit. So check her out. And until next time, guys, have a beautiful day. Peace.